everyone, Pastor John here and want to welcome you to our CCO podcast. If you've been following us lately, you know that we've been talking a whole lot about what it means to follow Jesus. And I'm here with my buddy, Arthur uh, D'Alessandro, and we're going to be talking about something that we have um, been reading about as a staff and, and many people in the church we've recommended this book to. It's called Finally Free. And um, the subtitle is Fighting for Purity with the Power of Grace. And we really like this book because it is so gospel-centered and uh, so um, uh, it breaks down in such a helpful, practical way the principles in Scripture. I think there are eight strategies in here that, that help uh, believers understand not just that they're free in Christ, but how to walk in freedom. It's one thing to be free. It's another thing to live as a free man or woman uh, and in Christ. And so uh, this book is, uh, has a lot of help practically for how to, how to experience that freedom and victory in Christ. But there's something else that we have that uh, I think a lot of people um, don't always take advantage of, and that is just the body of Christ, being able to talk with other uh, trustworthy believers who, um, who understand, uh, maybe have walked a mile in our shoes, they understand what we're going through. God certainly, by His Spirit, speaks through His Word, and we need that instruction, that teaching of truth from God's Word to deal with the sin in our lives. Uh, we need the power of the Holy Spirit for transformation, but we also need each other. Yeah. You know, we, we, we need the body of Christ. And there's a lot of one another ministry that, that happens uh, just by being connected the way the Lord intended, uh, not just to him, but to uh, others in our church family. There's a lot of shame, obviously, that is associated with the problem of pornography. And that's true with any sin, but there seems to be a particular um, amount of shame that leads to so much loneliness and isolation. And so many people are kind of suffering and battling this uh, silently. And by the way, it's it's not, you know, I think there's sort of this mentality, at least traditionally, that this is kind of a man thing. It's a man problem. It's men who struggle with pornography. And... Um, but we're, you know, this research clearly shows that in this day and age, this, this, that's, that's not the case. It's something that men and women struggle with. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we want you to understand that as we engage in this conversation, um, we encourage you to also do the same, to find people in the body of Christ that are trustworthy and mature enough to have this conversation and honest enough and courageous enough. Yep. I, my hat's off to you, uh, Arthur, because this takes a, a significant amount of courage to uh, speak out publicly about this. But I know it's it's the love of Christ that, that sort of compels yeah. you. And it's also just the, the gratitude because you have experienced the freedom. Yep. It's not just theory for you, but, but God has brought you it's through real. that. Yeah. It's real. And so I, I say all that way by way of introduction, because I want you to understand kind of the heart behind this and what we hope um, the Lord does through this. And so Arthur, without any further uh, to do, I want to have you just share your story and we'll kind of yeah. uh, bat some things back and forth. Yeah, I um, just just a couple of things beforehand. I, I wish that I could tell you that my testimony in this story is is unique to me. I wish I wish I could say it's it's just my thing. It's nobody else's thing. But I just know that not to be the case. Uh, yeah. I know that that my story, unfortunately, is is really common. Um, and 
it's it's serious and it's it's real and it's happening daily in so many people's lives and I just I want I wanted to share my story because I think that's important for people to to know if you're listening to this and you're thinking yeah this is my story too there is hope and there is uh there is a real genuine transformation that can happen in in your life as well and um and so I just I really wanted to put that out there because I think for some uh that's exactly what they need to hear right now um but yeah, I'll, I'll tell my story. You know, I I um I struggled with with pornography. I was I was addicted to pornography. Um, and it, it took almost a decade for me to to accept and gain the freedom that that Christ gave to me freely and uh, over this sin. And so, just to begin with, I I um I was in middle school when I first discovered it, um, and. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I'm just going to do this forever. It was, I knew it was wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I was raised in a Christian household. You know, I, I knew what the word said about this stuff. And so I was hesitant. It was a very, like, I knew it was wrong, but I just was drawn to it. Yeah. And that was a, a slow process. I didn't have a cell phone in middle school and until later. And and so it wasn't, I didn't have access to it. It was very, um, you know, I knew what it was. I had seen it with a friend or whatever. And, and okay, so that's interesting. I don't want to throw you off yeah, your track yeah. too much here, but that's, that's a, a good, that's an important thing I think to mention. People, um, come across pornography in all sorts of ways and, and in right. the age of smartphones, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's not hard to figure out how people, uh, access pornography today. When I was growing up, I mean, it was actually pretty hard to find, mm-hmm. um, and not that it wasn't common, but you, we didn't have smartphones. And, and so it was magazines and those sorts of things yeah. or movies and for kids, especially, um, you know, you couldn't just access that easily. Yep. Um, you know, if you went into a store, you, you know, only the grownups could get certain things, right. you know, and now it's like everything's just proliferated. And so you can totally. have a child at the youngest ages. So talk a little bit about that, if you will, about how, how I mean, you were a young child. Yeah. How old were you? You said yeah. middle school. So. Middle school. So I was like 12 years old. Okay. Um, and I, again, I, I wish that I could say like, oh yeah, 12 is the youngest it'll happen. I, I just don't think that's the case anymore. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I didn't have a cell phone. Uh, and the cell phones back then weren't smart. You know, not everybody had a smartphone. I don't even think maybe the iPhone existed. Maybe it just, just had come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like it is today. And, and, I, and I, I, there was a level where I was, for years, you know, I knew about it, but I wasn't addressing it because I thought, ah, it only, I only see it every now and then, and it's not that big of a deal. And so I think if I had a cell phone at the time, and I know that, that kids these days have them in middle school, I, I, it would just, I just think it's so dangerous because in high school, then I had a, a smartphone. I, I was able to have a smartphone and, and that's really when it kind of took a different form. Um, you know, middle school is where I discovered it, but high school is where I really I, I was hardening my heart because I was really just going after it. Um, and that's where, you know, I did have access to it. You know, once I had access to it and I could keep it away from my parents and they didn't know and nobody knew, it was easier for me to accept just doing it all the time. And and it it's 
it's one of those things where I was going to church. I was going to youth group and I was doing all these things and, and, but then I was going to school and, and everybody in school, all my friends, you know, they just did it too. You know, it was just something that... Was it something then when you were growing up that was kind of passed around or... It, at, at first, yeah, definitely at first. Um, but then, you know, once cell phones existed, it was kind of, it's just everybody, all my friends, oh yeah, we just, we just watch it, you know, this is what we do. And, and this is part of how it can, it can sort of flourish is it's in private. Yep. You know, nobody and, needs. And that's exactly what happened in, in my case. It, it was, it became a socially accepted thing. You know, you hear in the world, you know, the world doesn't think it's that wrong, especially now. It seems like it, the world just loves it. And so it was socially acceptable in the culture of, you know, public schools and all that stuff. And, and, but I knew, I knew it was wrong. I, I, I did. And yet I just had convinced myself that what I was doing well, you know, oh, I can, you know, I can, I can do this over here. Nobody really knows about it. You know, I can stop at any time I want, you know, all these different things. And, and the enemy was just deceiving me and my heart was becoming really hard over time. And, and honestly, it wasn't until really the, the end of my high school uh, experience, you know, junior, senior year that I, I finally needed to take a stand and say, I actually need to, to be done with this because, you know, I had been to a, uh, a, a youth group, um, sermon and the sermon was on pornography and, and sexual immorality and purity. And, and it was like all of God's conviction over, over, you know, the years of, of doing this, it was like my heart was either going to just become hardened and, and that was going to be it. Or I was going to, to, to really make a change. Yeah. And so I think the Lord really used the spirit to, to reach me in that moment. And it was, I remember just breaking down. I remember just weeping and I remember going home and, and saying, okay, like I, I need to, I need to, to fix this. And that started kind of the second, I guess you could say season in, in this struggle for me is like, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to make a, a change and I tried, I, I tried really hard for years and it just wasn't working. And I think, I think finally free kind of talks about this. Um, Heath Lambert talks about this in, in his book. And that's why when I read it, uh, I just read this book recently. I wish that I had this book at the start because. Well, it's interesting to me that you say that because what you I know are in the process of explaining is the the principles that are true in this book. They resonated with you because God in his mercy just sort of took you through this process on your own. So you could recognize and and sort of validate everything that was in this book. Like, yep, that's exactly how God did it for me. And I I think that's pretty powerful in itself. Oh, totally. Just the faithfulness of God. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, Heath Lambert in the book talks about, um, trying to do it on your own mm-hmm. and how it just never works. And that was my experience. I, I really, I tried to just, you know, I, I knew it was wrong. I knew that I, you know, I was aware that I need to, to get out of this sin. I need to, to be free from this stronghold in my life. And, and, but then how I went about changing that was, I, it was all just my own efforts. Yeah. And I went through a lot of the things, you know, like I would, I, I even put blocks on my phone and all these things, but it never worked over a period of time. You know, I'd, I'd have, 
I'd have these moments where I, I, I can't say I was free, but I was like breaks. I had these moments and breaks. And sometimes those breaks would be months. Sometimes they were weeks. And I just kept, it was like, it was really like a battle for me. I was really exhausted. Um, and, and this went on through into college and I was just exhausted. I got to a point in college where whatever I was doing just wasn't working. And I felt, that's when I felt the most hopeless in this whole thing. I think this is really important to talk about too, because if you're struggling with this, with a life dominating sin like that, there's going to be a time where you're going to feel so hopeless. And Mm. I felt that. I felt completely hopeless. I knew that God, you know, loved me. I knew he cared for me. I knew he had grace for me. But I couldn't grasp it. I couldn't get my my mind and my heart around his truth and his hope. And I just felt hopeless. And it was because I was doing it in the wrong way. I didn't have the right motivation. Mm. And I realized that I I didn't have godly sorrow. I had sorrow for myself. Mm, that's such an important I was sorry for myself. Like, yeah. man, I wanted to get out of this and I don't I don't like the way this yeah. this looks in my life. I don't like the way this feels for me. I know this is wrong. And I was sorry for myself. And so because I was I was sorry for myself, I I just was doing it for myself. And that's just not, you know, the Bible talks about that's that's not where repentance comes from. It says yeah. godly sorrow, you know leads to repentance and That's right. and so i i realized again at at a it was a wasn't a, a youth group meeting i was in college and we had these um these kind of small groups and in those small groups we had even smaller groups just a couple guys together and and you know we we talked we were talking about sexual immorality and how um you know i think uh, a week beforehand on a sermon, we had somebody come in and talk to, you know, our college student church about pornography and how it was wrong. And and it was like, yeah, like I struggle with this. I've been fighting for this a long time. And I, I was in a, a meeting with all these guys and we were basically saying the same exact thing. We're like, yeah, I've been trying to break through this for years mm-hmm. and it's just not working. And we all sat there and, and man, uh, one of my buddies, his name's Jonathan, bless his heart. He, he just had a word of God and he, he opened up the word and, you know, he talked about, I know this seems weird, but Ephesians 2, I think it's Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, where yeah. it's saved by grace through faith. And it was like, it just dawned on me, it, like God, again, through the spirit, just, just softened my heart in that moment to accept the truth of like, I needed to give up myself. I needed to completely give up and... And that's when I experienced godly sorrow for the first time. Uh, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a, um, a moment thing. It was like he was breaking my heart over this, over a period of time. And it was like, I just, my heart was just melting. And I was realizing that, wow, like I, I know it. I know it. When I ask for forgiveness of God, it's like, I know I'm not saying like, oh, forgive me because I want to be saved. It's like, wow, I'm 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 sorry for what I've done to you, mm-hmm. and and it's a it was a powerful experience, and my heart just began to soften. He he was he was softening my heart by his grace alone, and and by his spirit. It really it wasn't anything that I did. It just I he just was he was using his grace and his truth. And I, and I finally was understanding it and, 
And so that's when things really started to change. And the things that I was doing, you know, all of these different things, they were good things, but I was doing them out of the wrong motivation. And so when, when I was experiencing that right motivation and I experienced that, it actually became really easy. I know that seems kind of weird to say, but especially if, if someone's listening to this and they're struggling with it, it's like, man, I like, it's not easy. It, it, it's not. But when I had the right motivation and God really just hit me hard, the desire to do it began to just vanish and go away. And that's not saying that, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, being addicted and, and having this physical response to it, but it's, it really is real that God changes your desires. Mm-hmm. And you, we yeah. read about that in the word, but I didn't really experience that until this moment in my life. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a, an immediate change. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't like a day thing. It wasn't a week thing, but I think within um, my, my last year of college, really my senior year, things really just shifted in my life. And that desire that I had, it really went away. I no longer sought it out. I no longer felt this pull to it. And I, I attribute that absolutely to godly sorrow and just meditating on what God has done for me and and how when I sin and how when I, you know, go away from his design, it, it grieves him. Mm-hmm. And how just the effects of of saying no to myself and giving up myself and saying yes to Christ, how that really affects somebody uh, and affected me. Um, and, and so after, you know, really, um, you know, my senior year, I was, I was dating, uh, my now wife and I was, I was beginning to, to actually gain freedom over this and own it. But I'll tell you the, the effects of it, you know, for years and years and years had an effect on the relationship with, with my girlfriend at the time. And, and it, it wasn't, I think a lot of people can, can, who are struggling with this can, what's the term? Kind of just cube it up, box it up into this nice, neat little package. Like, Oh, I struggle with, with this sin. And this is the only thing I really struggle with. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. It, it, it leads to other things. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of my case. I know I'm talking a lot. I, I apologize, but um, when when I started to gain freedom over that over it, I realized all the other sins in my life. It was mm. like they all just came flooding in. And and Heath Lambert talks about that same thing. And and so when I was reading this, um, I was like, wow, this is absolutely what happened to me. And and so again, it was like I was faced with a choice of am I going to kind of go try to do it my own way, or am I going to give up and and follow Christ? And so. I won't get into all the details, but long story short, um, if I if I realized if I wanted to be free from from sin in my life, from sexual immorality and all the other sin in my life, I had to actually give up everything, my whole selfish ambitions, everything, and that included um, you know having a relationship with this girl. And, that I loved and you know I had plans I wanted to marry her and all these things and we we both kind of sat down and spoke to each other and said you know what like we're not leading a healthy relationship we're saying that we're founded in Christ but we're not really founded in Christ and 
And so I, I, we, we had to just say, you know what, we're going to give our relationship to God. So we're going to break up and, you know, and as much as, you know, we wanted to be together, we had to completely give that to God. Mm -hmm. And so we did. And, and uh, just God, the spirit radically just transformed. I know my heart, I know her heart as well, but, um, you know, it, it was, the most free I've ever felt in my life. And I finally felt like this weight on my shoulders was just gone. And I, I remember it was like every day, um, from that, that time, it was like, I'd wake up and I just felt like I was in, like, I I felt like I had a million dollars. I know that seems kind of weird to say, but it just, everything felt safe and peaceful. And I was, my anxiety that I had just kind of vanished. And, um, and, you know, long story short, uh, God reconciled our relationship, uh, me with that girl, and, and now I'm married to her. And, uh, and you know, we're walking and living in purity, and it's, it's a wonderful experience. It's a wonderful thing. And, and all that to say is I think the, the biggest thing in my testimony, in my story, is, is what the Spirit does within us to, to soften our hearts and to give us this godly sorrow. And, and that's the thing. I couldn't gain godly sorrow on my own. It, I had to pray for it. I had to ask for it. I had to seek it out. And, but God was grace, gracious enough to, to give me his, to break my heart for what breaks his. And, and that is what was the catalyst to everything. When I was white knuckling it, when I was trying it on my own, yeah. it doesn't work. I like the way you put that, you know, when you're trying to do, um, things in your own strength and and uh only god can do it you know and and it, it really is a, a work of the heart you know yeah. you can modify your behavior all day long and some people are more disciplined you know than others yep. and <clears throat> so those who are able to be especially disciplined you know they feel a a a certain measure of success or victory right. for a season. But if the heart hasn't been changed, then you just, you can't sustain it. Absolutely. And, um, I love that scripture. If you delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yep. And of course, you know, I don't think the scripture is teaching God will just give us anything we want. I, I believe he literally puts new desires in your heart. Yeah. A new heart comes with new desires, new motivations. And that's what you said uh, factored so much into your freedom is, is you were doing things for different reasons. There was new motives and new desires and, and that's God's department, you yep. know? And, um, the reason pornography is, is, has such an appeal is because, uh, the world and Satan himself knows that, there's another enemy. It's not just the world and the devil. It's the Bible calls it's the flesh. flesh yeah. You know, we, yeah. we have this, this, um, flesh that has been so corrupted by original sin that we, we just experiencing these desires that in themselves may not be sinful. Like it's not wrong to have sexual desire. God created us to have sexual desire, mm-hmm. but, but within righteous boundaries within the proper context to be expressed. And when those desires sort of become, uh, demands and our flesh is craving something and we're willing to sin in order to get that, that desire fulfilled. It's a very, uh, now you've, you've stepped outside the bounds of righteousness and it's, it's the Bible that says it's a, it's idolatry. Essentially we're, we're bowing at the wrong altar, you know, and, and that becomes our, in a functional sense that becomes our God, 
you know? And, and so one of the things that you said that really stood out to me, Arthur, too, is just that there was, um, uh, a friend that you had who was also a believer, a brother, and you guys were, were in this little small group, this little community where there was one another ministry going on. Yeah. And I mentioned at the beginning that, you know, part of the problem here is everybody's sort of isolated and alone and trying yeah. to, to, um, you know, deal with this and man, Satan loves to isolate us. It's, I remember when I was growing up, there was a show and this is going to date me. This is, I'm an old guy now, see, and uh, there was this show called wild kingdom. And it was this, it was a show just about the, you know, the African Sahara or safari or whatever and, and wild animals. And, 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 you know, the, the classic scene where, uh, you know, the, the antelopes are all together or the, the water buffalo or whatever. And, and when that baby gets kind of, or the, or the injured one is sort of gets separated from the herd, you know, those wild cats or whatever, they're chasing them down. They're just looking for that vulnerability. And, um, you know, the scripture actually says that, that Satan prowls about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, he knows our, the weakness of our flesh. He knows we already are inclined to want to do, uh, to step outside of God's righteous boundaries. And he says, he just, you know, it's like, he just waits for that moment Mm -hmm. Uh, to pounce and and when you were talking about that community with with your brothers in Christ, you guys were sharing honestly. You're struggling with this, and you're believers. It wasn't like you didn't know God or yeah. love God. You and I think that's an important point to make as well. There's a lot of part of the the shame that I think Christians um, why that it's so tempting to isolate is because, like you said, we know better. It's not like we're, we're godless people who don't know the Bible, don't know the Lord, don't know standards of right and wrong. We know, but we still are sinners yeah. and, um, and we're inclined this way. And so the Bible says, though, in Christ, we're also new creations. So we're no longer defined by mm-hmm. our sin. And, and it took a, a fellow believer speaking the truth of God's word yeah. That's what pierced your heart. That's what convicted you. And then it started producing this godly sorrow. We can be sorry for all kinds of reasons. Oh, yeah. You know, sorry. It's embarrassing. You know, it's, you know, sorry we got caught. Sorry there's these circumstances or whatever. But the Bible says that's that's a worldly sorrow. It's a selfish sorrow. You said something interesting that you began to realize how your sin affected. It actually affected God, yeah. affected Christ, yeah. the way, you know, you were treating the Lord. And that's a very different um, mindset and a different motivation is to realize, oh, this is how my sin affects others. This is how my sin affects Jesus. Um, he died for that sin. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he hung on that cross so we could continue to live no. in bondage to sin. Yeah. And it's it's one thing to know these things sort of in principle. It's another thing to actually live it out. And so tell me a little bit about how you began to practically go from, okay, I I understand this truth to actually walking in the truth that people often quote, and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free Mm. here in John 8, um, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Well, you got to back up 
a little bit and see the context. It says, and he spoke these things, you know, many people came to believe him, but he says, um, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you mm-hmm. free. Exactly. And yeah. it goes on to say, in whom the sun sets free shall be free indeed. So, so there's a, there's a important caveat there. It's yeah. like Jesus saying, look, if you have my word and you did, yep. you had the word and you abide in my word as one translation says, it, you know, it's in other words, you can't just know the truth. You've got to actually walk in it. Yep. You've got to obey yep. it. Otherwise you won't experience the freedom and power that come from it. Well, it's just like, you know, when you feel sorry yeah. for somebody, let's just say you, um, something happens and you've hurt, you know, your wife or your, your parents or your children you feel sorry for them, mm. and and it's it's it, that's just a natural response. Like, oh man, I'm 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 so sorry that that this has caused this, or or even if something bad has happened to them, you feel sorry for them. You feel sorry for them, you because you love them, you know them, you know and you love them. And when you know when you watch the news, you know as much as we can be empathetic, sometimes when we see things, we're not as we don't feel that same level of sorry for somebody else we don't know that right. we somebody else we do know and I, I think there's something to that because how are we to have godly sorrow if we don't know and love god right that's you, a great it's, point it's, it's, it's you can't you, you don't have godly sorrow if you don't know and love god and how do we know and love god is mm-hmm. we we commune with him we we read we uh we pray and and we're we're learning about him we're we're getting to know him and as we get to know him Oh man, we're going to experience his love for us and and it's going to cause us to love him and and so I think that's the the key is in in James, you know, what he's writing about here is if we're pursuing Christ genuinely, we're going to experience his his truth and his love and that's going to have an effect on us because we're going to get to know him and as we get to know him, we're going to realize, you know, I I I remember somebody um, saying this a while back is, you know, it's like when we're looking at the story of when, you know, the history of, of how Jesus was put on the cross, we're thinking, mm-hmm. how could, how could they do that to him? Don't they know? Like how, how could they, how could they, they pin him to the cross here and, and crucify him? And you get kind of upset, you know, it's just your natural reaction. But the reality is, you know, along with a lot of other things, I I put him on the cross. My sin put put Jesus on the cross. He 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 didn't have to to die to free us of sin if if we were just completely perfect and righteous, you know. Right. And so, understanding that truth and and then reading and and knowing God, and and really genuinely knowing Him and and you begin to love Him. And as you begin to love Him, you begin to have this godly sorrow. Yeah. And so, f- yeah, for me, it, it was. I realized I needed to know, I needed to get to know God more than, than what I was saying that or trying to do. Um, and, and that's, I think that's where it, it, things really started to shift because as I was pursuing him, as I was seeking after him and, and getting to know him, my desires really did change. Well, and you had to make actual changes. You had to make some hard decisions. Oh, absolutely. There were sacrifices, yeah. you know, you had to, you had to, you know, put up those righteous boundaries once again. Yep. And even in so far as you realized how it was affecting, you know, your relationship, um, 
with uh, your girlfriend at the time, who is now your wife, um, you realized we've we've got to take a step back here. Oh yeah, we've got to get right with the Lord. You can't be rightly related to to people. Yeah. Without and be wrongly related to the Lord, yep. and 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 God clearly attaches our love for Him, uh, our love for people to with with love for Him, and and vice versa. And so yeah. I think that's a, another powerful dynamic in what you were sharing is you you had to make actual changes that were going to cost you something important, cost you something valuable, oh, yeah. and then God was so gracious because. And this is what I love about the Lord is when we take those steps of faith, those hard steps of faith that are genuine and and motivated for the right reasons, yep. he quickly comes in and affirms that yeah. and and encourages us so that we can take the next steps yep. of faith. Yep. Uh, Matthew 6.33, it's the first Bible verse I ever memorized. And uh, it really is, honestly, because of this experience in my life, when we, you know, it it's Jesus literally telling us, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Talking about basically our necessities, what we need to live. Yeah. And and it, it, it does. It, when we, it takes a sacrifice. When we say away from ourselves, less of me, more of you, he is faithful to provide. And he cares for us. And so, yeah, when... when um, when we do sacrifice those things, it takes sacrifice. You know, if we're, if, if we have to put on different desires, if we have to live in a different desire, we have to give up our desires and to gain new desires. And so that was, that was really what it comes down to is when we, when we completely sacrifice our desires, he is faithful to provide. And, and that's what I experienced is just this overwhelming provision of peace and and joy and and hope and all of these wonderful things and you know when when you know my wife and I when we broke up we we didn't expect like we were full on expecting oh, this is probably gonna be it you know and we we had no expectation no plan no um, you know we obviously we had the desire to become uh, close again but but we really had to give it all up and mm-hmm. it had to be completed it had yeah. to be a complete cut you know what I mean yeah and and when we both did that you know God really moved in our lives and and we had no expectation that he was going to reconcile us back together and or any of that we knew that he was going to provide for us right and that's where our joy and our peace came from and and so it is sweet that you know he he blessed us in that way but it really comes when we and this is any, I think this is any sin or any struggle in your life. Um, if you're feeling down, depressed, anxious, if you just give it all to him, I promise you he will be there and he will provide for you. But it just, it takes that, it takes that leap of faith. You know, we have to jump into his arms and it's not going to feel safe to us because of, you know, our, our own foolishness in our minds, but he cares for us. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I can imagine that some people might be listening and watching and saying, "Well, that's good for you, Arthur, but I just don't know that he's actually going to take this desire." I've I've prayed very specifically, Lord, take this desire away. And and what do you say, Arthur, to somebody who says, "I, I mean, I, I don't know that I really believe that he, he's going to take this desire away." Yeah. Um, how would you respond to that? I would say, keep pursuing him. 
first and foremost, keep praying that prayer. Uh, pray for godly sorrow. You know, pray that prayer and and keep pursuing Him. Read, get to know Him, and when you do those things, also reach out to somebody, talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really afraid to to tell other Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, to tell uh, my youth pastor. I was really afraid because I didn't. You know, I knew it was a bad sin. I knew it was wrong. And I just felt so much shame because of it. But that's what it takes. You know, sometimes it takes us confessing and and confessing to somebody. You know, Heath Lambert talks about don't overconfess, and that's absolutely true. But being able to to speak to somebody who you know loves and cares about you, um, having somebody know it's like it's it's taking you out of that isolation. What you're saying, mm-hmm. don't be isolated. So so pursue godly sorrow pursue knowing him absolutely be pr- be praying for those things continually but also get out from being isolated seek help and and when you do i i really genuinely i, I believe that that god is faithful to provide for you in that way um that's that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's good. He he gives new desires. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I I still, I mean, to this day, we we desire the wrong things or have inordinate desires in some ways. So I don't think we'd be very, you know, realistic or 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 truthful to suggest that we don't still um, struggle with sinful desire. But but the difference comes in knowing Christ yeah. that the Holy Spirit begins to. Uh, teach you the truth of his word and the principles um, for, you know, godly living. He, he gives you not just new desires, but he gives you the a new power to be able to say yes to what pleases him and no to sin. He gives you a new community, a new faith community, new people yeah. that can be real and honest with one another. And and like like you were saying, there's an accountability but nobody can be your savior or my savior other than Jesus. Yep. Nobody can be the Holy Spirit in not your life. Not even yourself. Exactly. Not even yourself. But but the Lord does choose to work through people and use people. And the fact of the matter is, even hearing your testimony today, for someone, they might be listening and be just encouraged to know, oh, here's another guy who's a Christian and, and, and he struggled with this and, and for quite some time, you know, but the Lord, the Lord brought him through. It's just, there's so many different ways that the Lord provides grace. And again, this book finally free talks about all these different means of God's grace, but you won't experience the means of God's grace if you don't go to God. Yep. He, he's going to speak through his word. He's going to speak through other believers. Um, but even those other believers, um, they, you know, they, sometimes they're going to say things that are helpful and, and other times they may not. Mm-hmm. This is one of the, the things that I think is, can be a little bit of a, uh, a misnomer. People think if they just go to a support group and everybody's being honest and confessing, and yet their lives don't substantially change mm-hmm. unless or until Jesus becomes the hero of their story yeah. and truth from God's word begins to renew their mind. And and one another ministry from your brothers and sisters in Christ begins to 
uh, be engaged in. Those are the things that long term, you got a new heart, a new community, a new power in the spirit, and, and the word starts to come alive. And we're going to be talking more about these things in the weeks uh, to come. We've got a few more podcasts that we're going to do on this this month, a couple of more. And uh, we'll be talking with different people. This was just sort of, I think, a good way to start. Yeah. Arthur, I appreciate you telling your story uh, because it's, it is relatable and, and encouraging. And we've touched on a number of different things. But really, to, to get a, a more comprehensive look at this, we just encourage you to get the book. Go through the yeah. book with a with with a brother or sister in Christ, or or like you eventually you you know you realize there are people that are trustworthy yes. and mature enough. Yes. You may have to be very discerning about that. You probably will, but but they're out there, yep. and it might be a pastor, it might be a friend, but um, uh, it's important. Whatever you do, don't don't just think I can do this on my own. Yeah. And, and live in isolation. Any closing uh, thoughts or words of encouragement? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I just, I, I really hope that if if you're listening to this and you're struggling with, with this sin or, or really any other life-dominating sin, um, I, I, I want to let you know that um, that you're not alone in, in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, it's it's probably not unique to you. It's it's probably pretty common, more than you might expect and there, there is freedom from it. It's real. Yeah. There's real, genuine freedom. It's not just something we read about. Um, it's real. And, and so please just, just pursue uh, Christ in that. And, and again, I think this book, um, when I read it, it's everything that I was reading, it was like, man, yeah, I, I went through that too. And I, I wish that I had known that before I tried all these different other ways. And, yeah. and, and so it, it's, it's, it's a good book. Please read it with somebody. Read it with, um, like what John was saying, find someone trustworthy, a mature Christian, and, and who can read it with you, and just do it. it. It's it's all it takes is a little bit of effort and 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 God's grace in your life and His power, His Spirit to to just push you along. It, it there's freedom from this. Yeah, Amen. Well, we hope uh, that you've been blessed in watching this podcast and hearing uh, the things that we uh, shared with you. We pray that um, the Lord will continue to work in uh, our church family here and uh, anybody who happens to uh, watch online because a friend shared this uh, with them. Uh, feel free to reach out to us, reach out to the church. Uh, we would love to encourage and equip and, and point you to some good resources and to pray with you. Um, but uh, don't suffer in silence. Don't try to travel alone. Uh, we're in this together with the Lord. And again, uh, Finally Free is the book. And um, it's, it's fighting for purity uh, with the power of grace. I love that focus. It really, it's not on your sin or your past or some behavior modification techniques or any of that stuff. It's, it's different than what you normally get uh, when, when people get together and talk about life-dominating kinds of habits and stuff. It's, it's, it's really, really encouraging, and uh, it'll, it'll strengthen your faith and help you in a very powerful and practical way. So, Arthur, thanks again, buddy. Yeah, thank you. And uh, God bless you guys. Uh, we'll see you next time.